0: Only the leagues. Only the Alliance leagues.
1: A a grain of rice. A a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game.
0: Hello everyone, you're very welcome to the Allianz Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer Oisín McConville and by Kevin Walsh, the former Galway footballer and manager. The Allianz leagues have now passed the halfway point. All four divisions are taking shape. And of course, this weekend was Newbridge or nowhere. Kevin, were you surprised that Kildare won?
1: To be honest, Paul, I wasn't. I wasn't. Um... I thought they had a great chance. And I suppose if you look at the form since the start of the year, you know <clears throat> I don't need to be repeating uh, what people have been saying, but Dublin uh, train seems to have pulled back a little bit. So, you know, Kildare there with a bit of a, uh, I suppose, a, a jump in their step and the new management. And they've been quite good. They've been quite good against Kerry as well. I don't think it was a massive fluke that they drew that game either. So, like, the form was pointing that they would every chance. And I suppose if you are to, if the, if the bookies were two, two or three to one, like, you wonder where that came from because... Now Dublin have lost a lot of their main players at the minute I know they're waiting for Conor Con- Callahan, Merchant, and a few other guys to come back McCarthy but um the gel just doesn't seem to be there since the start of the year now look at it he's only the fourth game like you've mentioned I would um say that would involve in our own management we would say the final three games this is where the where where it starts now and if you can get their final three games and get five or six points over those you're in a good place going to the championship where some teams might win the first four and lose the last two they're not in a good place going to the Championship. So it's not critical at the minute, but it's getting to that point.
0: You mentioned the Dublin train there, and that train was filled with quality players. How would you assess that train now?
1: Well, Paul, like, unless it's proven different, the train isn't as full as it was. And, uh, you know, you look back at the likes of, you know, Paul Mannion, um McCaffrey, they were super, super players, you know. But that doesn't mean that uh, they're going to be replaced overnight. That type of a quality of player, Philly McMahon, you know, Johnny Cooper's just come back in. He's not, not getting any younger. Um, you know, Paul Flynn. All those players aren't easily replaced, and it doesn't mean that this train go on forever. Um, there's certainly you'd expect it still be there fighting for the honors, but it just isn't definitely as strong as it was.
0: And by contrast, Kildare were full value for their victory, O'Shea, and they they played they, they played some very very nice football.
2: They did, um, Paul. But they, they I would argue that they've played some nice football, probably in the last, you know, four or five years, um, and they haven't had the mental fortitude maybe to get over the lane or um, when it got a little bit more physical, and they tended to, um, some of them tended to down tools. I think I—I I, one thing I said about the start of year when I seen the the management team was that. I didn't think that would be lacking anymore. And it was up to the fact now to see if they had that uh, extra little bit of quality. Um, I think Flynn playing the way he plays, uh, you know, he's he doesn't go by the script. He's sort of off script. And I think in, in a time where so many players uh, play to a certain, or um, conform to a certain way of play playing the game, I think to have somebody like him um, just gives you that little bit of an X factor. But I what, also, what what's
0: different about him? Uh,
2: I'd say he's. I'd say there's probably a couple of players. I think we we maybe touched on this a couple of weeks ago, but it's probably a couple of players within each team that will get away with, you know, um, giving the ball away or or having a shot from you know from angles that generally speaking, you know, if uh, if one of the rest of the boys done it that he will be absolutely hit in, a, in a video session so probably in that way um i just think that he like his his athleticism is incredible um his accuracy is something that you know can improve but um he he definitely is somebody that you know gets you up off your seat um you're excited about what's going to happen you know he's not going to go sideways or backwards He's always looking to go down the throat of the opposition. I think we've seen that a couple of times. Um, But I I think, again, going back to Kildare, the main thing that I wanted to see from him was a bit more fight, a bit more aggression, uh, not backing down from the challenge. Um, I think they've done that. And I think they were playing probably against uh, a better set-up Dublin team than we've seen in the first three games. I actually thought there was a lot of stuff yesterday that Dublin could take heart from. I know we said last week that at the end of the day, it was results now. It was about getting down the trenches and seeing could they pull out a victory because yesterday was a big acid test on them. But uh, at least they tried... To, I thought at least they tried to... Um, to identify some of the issues that were going on and to try to rectify them. And um, yeah, there was, there, was, there was faults and flaws in that too. But if you consider the... Like I, am don't even looking at the amount of chances that they missed because, uh, I still think that that's something that will, that will improve Aaron and out. So but defensively, they were shambles for the first three games, and I think they were a little bit better at, at the weekend. And as I say, at least it looked as if they've gone away and addressed what the issues were, and um, they were able to get the plus one, plus two, and um. The, the, their tackling is probably not as good as it was. Again, you know you're you're replacing certain players for with uh with players that maybe aren't of the same standard. But if I, if I was thinking about that game, you asked that I would think that if Dublin, you know, if they in the cold light of day, Dublin will take a bit from that game, and obviously Kildare will take a huge amount. It was a huge um, confidence builder for them. Uh, but not a complete disaster for Dublin, considering what we've seen over the last uh, last couple of weeks. And the thing, other thing I think about about Kildare is that um, the rate in which they kept the scoreboard taken over, um, and the quality of 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 uh, of chances they had. Um, and I know they missed a few chances, and I suppose, say, in particular Flynn, but. The fact that they're creating the opportunities that they are against division one opposition the same thing happened against you know against kerry uh the first day when they drew i mean they had plenty of opportunities to, to go ahead everybody talks about kerry you know that they did that they malfunctioned for the last half hour of the game but kildare had loads of chances in that game too so um i think there's there's uh, there's plenty for kildare to be boy boy but i think the big thing for me was did they have the fight you know, and could they get across the lane in a game like that when um, you know, Dublin did throw everything
0: at them? I I thought Kildare were, were good at running the ball forward into the wind in a way that Dublin couldn't quite do in the first half, and their their goal was a prime example of it. And the run from Ryan Ryan Houlihan, where he stepped three Dublin players on the way as an example. But in general, their defense was was excellent. And there's a thing that they do in Leinster rugby. On Mondays, when they do their video review session, where they do make a huge thing of scramble defence. So when it when the when it looks like they're holding the line, looks like it's gone, looks like they've conceded the try, and they frame up who's in the picture, who's worked back to try and and stop it, and and they make a big issue about it. And Kildare, Kevin, three times scrambled back and stopped what you know really Dublin should have had three goals, but didn't
1: yeah and look at i know in particular one of the goals you'd have to say right how much they scrambled dublin should put it away you know i mean and, and they did scramble and they got back there and you know you saw the diving you know the diving body going in so the, like the aggression levels are there like what has mentioned and again yes that's something you'd have to always you know maybe question on the gildare side and that's you know if they if they can bring that to them like like young Flynn going to midfield as well it seems to have brought another energetic side you know, probably looking back at the, the time you had maybe Feely and, and Moolik and a few of those guys out there. They were huge fielders, but, you know, did they bring the athleticism that was there required? Maybe they didn't. So there's just changes going on there, which allows the bodies to get up and down the field. And uh, if they can just bring that to a, a kind of a pattern, like you said, where they're willing to scramble and, and show the show them in the trenches they're willing to work. Like they've always had ability. I, I, I've always felt that. And uh, I think they're no different now. They've got really good forwards as well at the minute. They're fast. I suppose from Daniel Flynn's side of it. Where I would know, you play him,
0: Kevin? Where would you play Daniel <clears throat> <him? clears throat>
1: Um Look at he's he's just he's he's he looks like a super super kind of a human being who has pace, speed, off the mark. Like watch him last night. Every time he gets the ball, he just turns and faces opposition. You know, right like, I we call it triple threat. He just turns to face you, and straight away you know he's putting the, the fear of God in the defender. Where a lot of other forwards just run out into lane one, lane five, and they kind of slow the ball up. And like he's, if you can use him like that uh get the ball up quick enough. the The opposition will find it very hard to get back and 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 set up because he, if he turns and takes John straight away, you, you know they're they're on the back foot. But where would I play him? You know, I'd say because of his natural size, he, I don't think he'd probably be able to last a match around the middle of the field. Um, probably full forward is probably his place, but it's 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 to it's to get him you know doing the damage in the middle three lanes. And uh, you know, I suppose and that's his challenge. His challenge will be later on in the year when. The defences are, are really set up. Like, you will have to have a plan B as well. And maybe his strength and his power, when he goes at you, it may not work if the two or three people around him. And uh, it's open a bit at the minute. So he's he is playing well at the minute. But again, unless he's developed something from the years gone by, there will be areas you'll be able to take him that he won't be over effective and may not be in the game long enough.
0: He he clearly plays a lot off the cuff, and yeah. his his natural ability is is absolutely outstanding. I thought yeah. he was technically the best player in the field on on Sunday. To what extent do you just say to somebody like like Daniel Flynn, just go out and play there, or do you do, do you are you willing to accept a certain amount of of things just just go haywire?
1: Yeah, look at yeah, you. Yeah, those type of players, yeah, they have to be able to allow to be an entrepreneur as well. They, they're the guys that will make a team tick. So, like, it's often important to not take everything off him. Uh, but it's also often important that he's all, his teammates will be able to create space for him because if he gets space, space is what he needs most. So, uh, I would say that the team needs to work around him as much as they do let him go off the cuff. So, look, he's a super player. Um, I wouldn't in any way try to stop him from doing what he does. But, but maybe try and get
0: to a point where he's actually involved in the game a lot more.
2: Yeah, Oshin, where would you play him? Yeah, I'd play, <clears throat> I like him at 14. I think it gives an extra option, but again, against uh, maybe uh, a Tyrone or somebody like that, he'd probably have to spend some time at 11 because he'd get very frustrated in the 14. I think that's what happened him last year in the, um, in the Leinster final. I think, you know, there was times where, you know, he... Uh, he hadn't seen the ball for for a certain amount of time, and the ball goes in, and then the natural reaction for a guy like him is to try and do, trying to take you know two, three, four men on, stick it over the bar, and uh, then the confidence starts to wane and and stuff like that. So the more probably the more you know he can get into the game and do several things, but I also think that the, the probably the two boys in the corners um, could definitely. Play off him a little bit more. Um, do you know when he goes on those runs and he's he's inclined to get bottled up sometimes? I mean, you just have to you have to stalk him. You have to stalk him as a corner forward and and get those uh, come off bits, the shoulder on him. Yeah, bits and pieces off him, or just be ready. You know, I mean, that's I know that's what I'd be doing. I think there's there's probably three, four simple scores for any for one of the corner forwards or some of the lads in the half forward four lane to when he gets the ball he draws two or three men you know what i mean if he can if he gets bottled up to just to just uh, pop it off and as i say there's two or three three or four maybe uh, easy scores every game off if
0: you if you look at Kildare they're at the draw McCary and beaten dublin and at the same time they probably need another win if they're to stay up with the way the run of the games is going
2: uh yeah they um I think that what they've done so far is is uh is admirable I think they'll be happy enough with the way things have gone I think they'll still feel as if they left it behind them a little bit uh against their own so I think yes that w- that's why yesterday was so important to them um and I think I think you're right I think one more win I think the arma game up next is a crucial one for for both teams probably
0: and they've Monaghan at home in the last in in, in uh, after Paddy's weekend, which is a which is a big, a big one. I, I think whoever loses that
2: is probably in trouble. Do you think Dublin will be relegated? Um, I think there's, <laughs> I think there's a great, there's a very good chance now, and I think the result in Bali Buffet the other night definitely doesn't help Dublin because Tron, you know, they have the uh, Dublin play Tyrone in Oma. Um, so that's gonna leave it very, very difficult for them to get to shake two points up there. Um, so that leaves probably doubling and a lot of ballers we'll to lose that one. I mean the maximum they can get then is four points. You were
0: you were at that, uh, you you were at that, that game. It was a very nice jacket you were wearing actually um on the telly. The 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 Throne, what's what's happening
2: with Tyrone? Well I have to say, Paul, Throne for thirty five minutes not for thirty-five minutes, for about twenty-eight or thirty minutes played just so such controlled um just like it just felt like very controlled, capable, professional, uh modern day football. Um and honestly, like the, the way they moved the ball, uh, the opportunities they created, um just the way they they manipulated the ball at times was was definitely a joy to watch. And I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, um, you know, having to walk through the lanes and stuff like that. But they mixed it up beautifully. I thought I thought they were very, very, very good for I say twenty or thirty minutes, and and then they fell into some sort of uh, black hole up in Valley Buffet, and they couldn't quite find a way out of it. Um yeah,
0: Donegal looked buried
2: they did they yeah, looked no, like they were Dun- totally off the pace Donegal looked really poor I thought really really poor I mean it's testament to them how they got a, how they got a result out of that but the, the thing the thing I uh, I took away from the game was that for 30 odd minutes it was so characteristic of what you would expect from Tyrone and control and the players that they were getting on the ball and, and the and the the um the spaces that canavan was able to get in there and and walk other players into the game and the la- I would have to say the last 20 minutes was so uncharacteristic I mean like just pot shots you know uh you know trying to kick sailing ball over the bar you know into a little bit of a wind um just didn't just didn't it didn't feel right and the first place you go to when you see Tyrone doing that is fitness. You know what I mean? But I didn't really think it was I didn't I didn't actually think it was a fitness thing. Now fitness can obviously uh, impair your decision making, but I didn't even think it was that. I just thought um I just thought the wrong players on the wrong ball at the wrong time. And even when they had the right players in the ball just take making the wrong decisions. And it must be so frustrating having watched a half hour of what was very very clinical football um to to uh first of all going at half time the game was was a draw at half time um but to win the, g- the game at, at half time not being up by five or six points playing into the teeth of a of a wind uh, as i say playing control football to come out and play the way they play just doesn't make it doesn't Full well, sport sometimes doesn't make any sense but none of that made any sense to me I mean like at half time, you just expect Tyrone to come out second half and and blow Donegal away, or certainly blow blow them away in Tyrone style. So that means probably a four point win or a five point win. Um, but the fact that Donegal stuck in there, Conor O'Donnell was he was fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and and he spent a lot of the time um being marked by McCarney and sometimes by Hamsie. They passed them on. Milo was on him sometimes. McGeary um, like, Donegal's tactic of playing Ray McHugh in the full forward lane yielded one point and and, uh, and also, Milo was absolutely destroying Um, Donegal going the other way because McHugh didn't follow him. He stayed in the full forward lane. Um, that was a weird one for me. If that, if, the, if, if that was purely down to nullifying Conor Milo, it didn't work. Um, but then when actually when McHugh come out then started playing his more traditional place, he started to have a bit more of an effect on the game. Um, you know, he was able to, to marshal things defensively a little bit. Uh he wasn't panicking on the ball. I thought uh Donegal's last goal was very good. Uh Oshin Gallon, somebody who who'll have to play, you know, um as the summer comes in. I don't know what the story is with him. Obviously some sort of injury but uh, he looked very sharp when he came on as well. Mogan um, created those last couple of opportunities just purely by his uh, unselfish running. Uh, Neil O'Donnell uh, looked good for, for periods as well. Shane O'Donnell. Um, so, yeah. So, like, I can't answer the question how Donegal won the game, but they won it.
0: So so you were up in Ballyfo Buffet at that, and Kevin, you were at the far end of the country watching Cork and Galway play in Parky Cleave and... If you look at the scores from all four divisions, most teams were scoring 10-12, max 14 points. And then the final score in division two was Galway, three goals and 22 points, Cork two goals and 17 points. And on the Saturday, what was happening?
1: Yeah, I was I was down there. It was it was a great game to watch because it was loads of scores. Um look, it was one twelve apiece at halftime. So I just remember saying, Jesus, that's that that would normally be the final score of of, of most games. So look at both teams were, were were going at it um it was wide open to be honest um it it was it you know it felt like a, a challenge match looking in at it, to be honest with you. you know the intensity levels weren't that high uh i suppose Galway done all they could do you, know, you have to beat what's in front of you but i you know the were you was, impressed um i found i find it hard to know because i know that there was no there was no test and um, there was no test whatsoever so again the big question for I suppose for for Galway going forward is is like we said about Kildare is when the test is there and and people have to go in the trenches that's that's when the real test will be there. So look, I was impressed if you, if you were to call it a, a very good open challenge match, um, impressed with the running Shane Walsh running through the middle was, was superb but was met with nothing, um, and we all know that the bigger teams will put that little psychological test on 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 the people that they'll be watching. So look at the honest yeah, it's it's a great game that Galway have got out of the way. Because I think the last three games, and they're well set up now. Because the last three games for Galway are going to be tough, and they need away to game. Derry.
0: They're, they're going away to Derry.
1: Uh, to Derry, to Roscoe, and I think home oh, to Clare.
0: Yes, and before yeah. that, to play offly in 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 Salt Hill. Yeah, next.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I totally forgot. about that. that
0: hurts a little bit, Kevin, but that's fine. This will be in the dressing room. Okay.
1: You can use that at the dressing but look at again. That's, I think that's that's on Saturday, so look at I, I, Awfully, you know, and I haven't even seen Awfully yet. But uh, you know, I, I thought they were going poorer than I than I would expect them to go. I know they're new, they're new mm-hmm. up there, but uh, they obviously got a good result against me. They should have should have won by all accounts. So I'd be hoping that they would put a big challenge against Galway at the weekend. And uh, for for both their sake, it's now come to a point where you know, it's not just about winning; it's about being tested as well. Kevin, can, can
2: you, can, sorry, Goshin. No, just was there any shape or make to? What Cork were doing at the weekend, or what way did it look?
1: Oh, she I couldn't find it. I couldn't see it. Um, it was a lot of individual stuff. Um, it was it was wide open. Um, you know, and, and like there's little things. You know, even two kickouts were over the top. There was it was quite breezy, so you might say that it, it was hard to play. But you know, two or three kickouts went way over the midfield. And I mean, your three three can't the three full backline for Cork standing behind their man. Like I mean three of them uh so the ball would bounce twice after the kick out and, and the goal before it runs onto it so for me that's that's awful naive um i would say there's an awful na- naivety there but cork are obviously quite young uh they don't a lot of the players i didn't even recognize but that you know if there's any chance they're going to have to wipe up all that stuff and wipe it quickly because it was wide open and you know they're going to really struggle in my opinion uh, unless they get back together
2: well, get relegated.
1: from what i saw on 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 saturday night uh every chance you know, now I was up in uh, Down, and I was in um, what to call the other game. But uh, were,
0: were you in? Were you in Navan to see Mead against Galway as well?
1: You no, know, I, missed, I missed that one. I missed mean, that one. That was actually in Galway. Um, oh yeah, or, you're right. Yeah. yeah. No, I was away with another sport in the weekend. But look at the, um, Down, very poor as well. I'll be honest with you. So it looks like this. You know, there's a, there's a massive split in this division. I haven't seen awful yet. It looks like there's a top three at the minute, and and, and a massive struggle. You know. I look back at Division Two, maybe four or five years ago. It looks like the bottom of Division Two at the minute is very, very poor. Um, I could be wrong on that in three, in three or four weeks' time, but it's going to be a scrap between three or four teams that just just aren't uh, at the races at the minute.
2: Me, me, awfully Cork and down, really. Yeah. It's, it's two if, of those four. If you that?
0: if you look at those after after four games played, down have one point, Cork have one point, awfully played three games and have one point, and Mead have four point, have two points. Yeah. With two draws. So none of those four teams have won a match so far. That's a fair statement. Uh, now, they're all playing each other in the last couple of games. And that's going to... This is where relegation is now staring four teams straight in the face.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look at again. You know, and clear And fairness to clear clear will always go in the trenches for you. And that's, that's the difference. Yeah. Look the other teams at the minute. I'm not so sure are they going in the trenches at the minute. And, you know, I'd, I'd be fairly sure that every time player go out they, they, they will they put up a, you know they, they go they make you fight
0: how uh, how do you build a team that will go in the trenches
1: i suppose Paul, look at you you know there has to be there has to be that people understand their role as well and they have to believe in what you're doing as management i mean like, you know it can't be just like maybe off the cuff like you mentioned as on about uh, daniel flynn um those players and you know those players that can do all those things of course those guys can do it naturally but there's a lot of other players in that group that needs to be I suppose put into put into areas where they can excel, and you know, for for a management to get there, number one, you get your kickouts right. Absolutely, if twenty five kickouts every game, you're facing twenty five kickouts. There's fifty stoppages, and if you can't get your team to be reasonably set up for both of those, you're going to struggle. Again, I've mentioned about stuff of understanding how to maybe just the simple stuff of how to play in front, where to play in front, when the ball is more than one kick away, where do I stand? All those things have got to be developed because if they're not, you're just going to be under fire all day. And uh, you know, like uh, you mentioned Daniel Finn early on, Shane Walsh, it's now gone to stage where all those guys are going to be targeted and they always will be targeted. And they, you know, and they'll, they'll be there'll be physical people on them. How can your teammates help that guy then as well t- for him to excel? How can you know little bits and pieces that can be done? And I think all that will 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 will, will fall in for for the team to actually get a bit of belief. But look, it needs to be a little bit structured, and I did I didn't see it record.
0: Would you, if you were playing against somebody like Daniel Flynn and you were, for example, a Cork defense, you mm. say they were totally open, they let someone through? Would you drop someone back? Would you drop two back? Would you play a plus one? Would you drop a center back in to play with the full back? What exactly would you do?
1: Look at again, the biggest thing of all this is without anybody going back, Paul, is the understanding of how to mark that man from the front when the ball is more than one kick away because straight away. When, if you were there you know, and you're putting pressure on the kicker who can't put it in front of Flynn, and Flynn wants to run into space clo- as close to the goal as he can. Now, straight away, by just doing that, Finn has no choice but to come out next to 20, 30 yards to receive the ball, and the kicker will be under pressure. So it, that's a simple little thing to coach players, and I think that's been left out massively. That's number one. Number two, then, is if you can delay and, and deny, over time, you'll you, you'll get the spaces back there to be blocked up on Flyn and let him, let him do all the damage he wants in lane one and lane five. And again, let them run out there and win ball. But it's about coaxing pressure and all that type of stuff. So, look at there's there's massive ways of taking these players, uh, I suppose, into their own ugly zone, which they don't like. But uh, there's a lot of work to be done in the field for that now. So, uh, at the minute, you know, our Cork there are down there. From what I've seen, in Division Two, I don't see them being at that level at the minute. It wouldn't take a lot, but it does take a bit of practice.
2: What would you do, Oisin? Well, just I was thinking about about you know the Dublin situation and uh, the fact that more or less they played Johnny Cooper as a sweeper most of the time uh, yesterday, and I was thinking when Cork would be playing against a team like Galway, who love hitting that full forward line and love getting runners off the shoulder, surely you know that would have been an option at times. I go back to Tyrone last year and under. Uh, um, the two boys after coming after coming in fresh, from Hart, and people wanted to see a change, and probably players wanted to see a change. So what they did to begin with was they they, they completely pushed up on on every team. They swarm kickouts, um, and they played a lot of heads up man to man football. They came into the Duny game, and out of I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but I would say that as a surprise, they played Frank Burns as a full time sweeper. No uh they didn't put any frills around it it wasn't a, a different plus one Frank Barnes just stayed there and he played as a traditional sweeper and uh he was absolutely excellent and the reason why he was excellent because Donegal wanted to get McBrady on the ball um coming off the shoulder you know when he comes round and he, many times as he kicked many points of his all of his scores as he kicked on the loop I'd say hundreds and uh and they completely negated that and stopped it and I just think that Cork, just a little bit, you know, to to think, I'd say, the box a little bit sometimes, and think, you know, how do we, you know, how do we become more solid? How do we not give away? What What do you say, Paul? Um, three twenty two, three
0: twenty two to two seventeen.
2: I want to talk 3... about the two seventeen in a minute as well, but yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely, but the three, the three twenty two. <laughs> I mean, like, like really and truly, to be competitive, you're going to need to have that. Realistically, like. You know what I mean? So, and um, the fact that they're shipping as many scores as they are, surely somebody's saying, "Listen, lads, you know, maybe we'll we'll try something different, or do we even just to try that, whether it be a sweep or, you know, whether it be you know, giving up the kick out an odd time, not being obsessed with always pushing up on it." So as, as uh, Kevin says, the, you know, the that ball, that simple ball long ball over the top. Um, imagine you know going down the clock and them giving you the kick-out and getting bodies back and making it difficult for you, that doesn't have to be for the whole game. I, I, don't, I don't like teams giving up the kick-out, but sometimes you, might, you just have to do that in order to create that organization and, and make, that as, make that a starting point and sort of walk from there. But um, to try and do that in reverse is very, very difficult. To try and um, that ball goes over the top and try and get bodies back in there and slow it down, it's just not going to happen you know modern day players are just they're just too quick and and they and they sense an opportunity you know like as soon as that that ball is kicked out um player wins it you know they'll they'll determine in the next two or three seconds if, if we're heading for goal or we're happy enough to take a point do you know what i mean or or any score will do so um it's just too easy to play against you got to make it a bit more difficult to play against on that. yeah look I at us I,
1: I spotted <clears throat> i saw them there and, and um, in particular against the breeze you know Cork pushed up and everything and there's times there where you should have been maybe given given it off a while because if it goes over the, the midfield it's straight in the full forward straight away so <clears throat> when you're against the wind it probably takes three kicks to get the ball up if it, if you're with it it only takes two you have to balance that out when it's the best time to push up When not push up can you take the guys down the side down the sideline slow it up get a good defensive shape like they did try to get a sweeper back now and again but just i don't i don't even know the sweeper knew where he was actually asked when he was there because that's that's massive as well any sweeper should see man see ball you should see the man behind him as much as the, where the ball is coming from at that angle so again it's just to, to be equipped with those tools of understanding your job is massive as well and uh, like I said, Oshin, it it has to be varied a little bit. So it can't be just push up and leave completely open the back. In particular, with a gale, I mean it doesn't make sense whatsoever. Uh like
2: they do miss, they do they do miss powder. Don't get me wrong. Like, and he fulfills he fulfills <clears throat> a good bit of that role, and he's a good reader of the game, and he will a a lot of that. But um, you know what I mean? Missing, you know, missing one person shouldn't yeah. leave you conceding three twenty two.
0: You, you you were down with a whole lot of football people in Cork kevin for the weekend on our you're down certainly on saturday what's the atmosphere around cork football like as an outsider what do you how do you find it
1: i uh, you know just from i suppose the area we were in and from the comments it it, it seemed to be more about where well, we we will accept as kind of the hurling is our game at the minute that's what i could kind of gather a little bit but to be fair when i was, I was with a number of football coaches so uh it was just in and out fairly quickly in an hour and a half, a, a bit of a, a forum or conference. But again, we just, just wasn't hanging around too much. But look at the, the, the Rebel Ogan there, they're they're actually trying to push it out. There was there was a hundred coaches there uh, from different clubs. So they're they're obviously looking at ways to improve. And uh, you know, more than you've mentioned Kildare there, um pushing, you'd be hoping that the management teams would would have a balance to it, not just all all footballers. So we'll see later on where Kildare go with that. Like, you, you know, there has to be a challenge me environment in your, own, in your own management. And if everyone thinks the same way around the table, you know, the results won't be the best way. So it, you need to have that challenge me environment with, with a back home team that will actually say, hold on a second, I don't think you've done this right, or could you improve on this? And that's the only way you're going to do that. So again, you know, I'd be hoping that maybe Cork and their management team, that they will start to, i they not a new in, in fairness, they're very really new in. I'd mean, be hoping that uh, they'd be looking at all aspects to to, to improve as quickly as possible.
0: Any management team I was ever involved in, we went more for anarchy rather than challenge me. We're,
1: yeah,
0: we're yeah gonna... but... <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> probably probably the opposite end of the. before we move on from that game, Galway, okay, they score three twenty-two. They're comfortable, but they conceded two seventeen. How did that happen?
2: Uh,
1: obviously, a bit open as well. Uh, but to be fair, I suppose when when they found themselves maybe level at half time and and maybe they, they could see the cork where, where this, they could take them in a shootout i think that's important to understand as well for instance like when we were playing back over the years ago you know we'd have been very very tight we had an name for being tight but there was obviously games we'd go after so for instance we played Derry in choome stadium and uh we did feel without without shoot at the time and uh, we found ourselves seven or eight points down at half time it, you know it was a kind of a but we still i think we went at 5 15 to 2 15 so we weren't overly worried about the 2 15 because we did try to do something that we might need to do again so sometimes you will have games and it, it, the management might do that so i'd be hoping that that's what happened with God with the last week that they had been quite tight um so maybe they t- just went after them to have a shootout and, and, and do as much as they could so but again that it was a little bit worrying to, to concede 217 you know um again quite open at the back but maybe they had their own reasons for that
0: Kevin, the last time you were on the podcast, um, Jack O'Connor was on with you. Yeah. And at that stage, he was Kildare manager. Now he's Kerry manager. How Don't would you rate that, it? that again?
1: Don't blame me for the follow-up. No, no, you followed oh, no, them into no, it, Kevin. Every, it everybody, know, everybody knows <laughs> that was Paul's fault, Kevin. No worries. <laughs> it was my first time on it and I got blamed for everything.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how would you rate the job that Jack's doing?
1: I uh, look at you there, you know. carriers have been a sleeping giant for a long time because we, we would have come across them numerously. Like, they, they have possibly the best group of footballers in the country, there's no doubt about that. Um, they've tightened up at the back, which was really, really important. Um, again, you know, they drew a kill so they were challenged there. But uh, I think if Kerry get the back right, I've always said this uh, with this group of players, uh, I, I expect them to win all Ireland. Uh, Tyrone. Obviously. Do you think they will win the All Ireland? I actually do. It's early to say that, but I do. I think they will. Uh, I think Paddy Talley will 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 help there as well. I think that. Uh,
0: what does he do? What does he do when he comes in?
1: Paddy is, is brings energy. He's loads of ideas. Loads of drills. He's is positive. Uh, so he he will bring something to to Kerry, providing Kerry allow that. I mean, I would have felt that in particular, you know, down down the south, Cork, Kerry. Uh, while other teams have been moving on in, in the GA, i said this before in your podcast as well, I think they've been slow to moving it. So I think Kerry are starting to do that now, you know, uh, understanding, I suppose, how to cover the spaces in the right years, the right times. It, it just can't be all flash. So they're working very hard. I see Sean O'Shea back on the full back then last night, Clifford to be back there the body. So they're they're getting numbers back now and they're breaking the pace. They have that pace and they've got two or three lethal forwards which is hard to, hard to beat. So I think they'll be very, very, obviously they'll be, they'll be close but I do expect them to push on this year.
2: See, see, Kevin, you mentioned about just uh, you know, how they've been reluctant I suppose, to move at the times. Just going back to Cork, do you think Cork would really benefit from somebody from the outside? Is it's that realistic. what you mean? Uh, is that what you mean? Uh, like, as far as I know, you mentioned other sports, but would they benefit from somebody from the outside? And I'm not trying to do Keith no, no. job. He's, he's he's early in the job. Like he needs to be given. a Yeah, no, but, okay. but yeah, no, totally. you know, okay. do you know what I mean? Like long term okay. or at some stage.
1: Well, I think I think to answer the question. If there's somebody inside who has the the thought process, maybe to, to 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 move it on, you don't actually need someone from outside. But if it if it means somebody from outside has to come in to actually at least challenge where Cork are at uh, by bringing new things to the table, I think that's badly badly needed. Because I don't like. I mean, Kerry have been very very slow. Kerry have had super players the last five or six years, and I would think that some of them have missed a, a boat, maybe of challenging a bit higher. If 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 they had looked at the uh transitioning of what's happening in gaelic football it mightn't be the prettiest it might be against all the morals of all the the purists but do you want to win or do you want to be competitive or do you want to just play your social football and enjoy what you do like those questions are huge do do you want to win or do you want to play play social football or what you call traditional now look at you know that, that that's 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 the question so I suppose whoever does that, and, and change is very difficult. So if someone comes into Cork, in particular an insider, and I had it in Gaudi myself, is uh, you'll have the old-timers um, chirping over, over the fence. You'll have that type of stuff. So if you're going to be able to, uh, you'll have to be strong and be saying, hold on, this is what I have to do. I know I know what I have to do to get to a team to a certain level. I'm going to stick with it. I'll take a bit of flack as I do it. So some you need to be strong in those areas because the traditionals of that will, will challenge you.
0: And do you Presumably, Kerry are now so stung by repeated defeat that that's the that's where the change is rooted, and that's why the capacity for change is happening now.
1: Yeah, and I think to be fair, it was slightly happening uh, before now because uh, they were getting bodies back. I'm not so sure that they've uh, brought the level that you know the the, the understanding of of, of the marking in front hasn't, isn't there yet. There's um, a fair bit of. Because they can, they, they 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 can they can kind of do it because they're they're right beside they're physically good players they they can mark very tight I think they can get better I think if they can maybe just look look another another line another bit for, forward I think Pellegrini may bring that to them providing he's allowed to do his work which it, it looks like at the minute he he will be
0: Are you impressed with the way Mayo have gone out the league?
1: I am. I have to be honest with you. I think they've. They've, they've made changes and a, a, a lot of personnel. And even yesterday again, you know, they had to fight and and, and young fellas came in, they paid pay Durkin, come on. You know, uh, younger lads that, that, you know, they wouldn't even know are, are getting game time and they're and they're all doing their business. So you'd have to say that you'd be impressed with, with how they're performing at the minute and the results to date.
0: Carney looks good. He looks like a smart footballer as well and kind of what Mayo are crying out for in that area. Would you start Aiden O'Shea on the Mayo team?
1: Honestly, no. Um, And I think if you asked me this question two or two years ago, I'd be giving the same answer. Um, And to be fair, I think he could have a massive impact in coming in as well because I just think that he's targeted as well. So he, he, I don't know, it's hard to know. He asked the question with Daniel Flynn early on, you know, where's his best position? And and that's still very hard to know because, you know, I heard Kevin McStay roared in a shouting about a game down in Shulme about 18 months ago, which they finally found the place for Edna O'Shea. He'd been in there for ten years before that, but it just happened to be one game where Gollery we were completely opened, and all of a sudden there was a new new energy here. The bottom line is, this, if you double team or Shane and Square, he's not going to he won't do damage. That's the bottom line. So where do you play him? And I'm not trying to you know because he has been super for, for Mayo over the years, but I would I just think it looks like to me that Mayo take better when there's no focal point like that, you know. And uh, would I start? I I be certainly looking at maybe as an impact in in different areas. He can come midfield, he can come on centre forward, he can come on full forward, and there could be ten minutes damage there done more than what you might do in fifty minutes if you start him. Oh,
2: O'Sheen, were you disappointed with Arma? Um not overly. I think definitely the last two weeks have been um a bit of a lesson for us. But I think were extremely competitive yesterday it was a game that they definitely could have won. Um I think you know it showed up old frailties in that you know, we give away away the ball towards the end of the game. You know, when we should be minding it a little bit better. But um, there was, as I said, there was things to work on. But I must still have a huge, a huge amount of of uh, learning to do as far as you know playing at this level. You know, on a consistent basis. So um, I I would be um, a little bit disappointed in the fact that we were beating the game. But also, um, sometimes you take a lot more away from defeat, and I think Armagh seemed to take a lot from even that uh, drawn game against Monaghan. So I think Armagh will take a lot from from uh, from yesterday, and I think a lot of the young lads who have come in will realise that you know the standards that they have set for themselves in the first couple of games are standards that they need to be that need to be met uh, week in week out. But um, if you had to give me this. Start to the league at um before it was a ball kicked, I would have snapped your hand off for it, and I still think that Armagh are in a in a in a good place, um, and I think that the more of of what we've seen in the morning game and the Mayo game, the more uh, highlight reels and and the more video uh, work that um that Armagh do on on the simple things that they've done wrong. I think there's a area for massive improvement there and uh when, when i say a massive improvement on top of what i have done so far as i say it's a position that i didn't think we'd be in but um i'd be i'd be uh, never happy of being beat but i'd be happy enough with the way things went
0: kevin in this in the middle of the league there are seven games in in nine weeks and obviously there was there Next weekend was meant to be a free weekend, but it's not now a free weekend for there are five matches on that were put off because of uh, the storm last weekend. Is it possible to really change a team across these weeks? Is it possible to get much coaching done? Can you introduce things?
1: It's it's look at time wise. It's it's a little bit uh it's hard, but at the same time you know you're probably one day every week, maybe maybe two. You're actually. Trying and introduce these things probably since last whenever whenever the lads got back so you'll be trying them out I suppose it's what personnel can carry them out the best for you as well because look at most teams will have four or five or six players who are first on the team sheet anyway then you've got the other group or if you have five who the maybes and you have five who, subs challenge and five lads on the bottom so you have to find your best players is the biggest thing so I would say the first four games like you've mentioned there's a lot of that going on but the last three games you need to be starting to get Really solid in what you think, because you know even if you have lost, even take Dublin. If Dublin could could come out and take four of the last six points, or maybe even five, I think that'll keep them up. They're in a real good place heading the championship. Uh, after 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 all the, the heat has been on them, but and again, take the, the Galway's or take some somebody who's on the, the opposite end of, the, of of the top. They don't really want to have a fall off for the last three games because if you do, you know even know you're, you're you're safe in your division you're going into a championship, but not the best place to be. So these last three games are really, really crucial. Get your personnel in, whoever can do the job you want done uh, to the best capacity and trying, you know, th- these three games need to be sorted out now. So I expect that's what most teams are at the minute.
0: I was talking to, um, a me two mead, mad two me, lads last night, which in fairness is no, never enjoyable at the best of times, but they were, they were talking so much about the importance of a manager putting the the best players in the best positions and actually picking your team properly. And it seems to me to be one of those fundamentals of football that kind of can sometimes be left to one side. It's so basic, but putting the best players in the best positions to what, at what point in the league must you know that, or are you still trying to, trying to work
1: this out? I suppose, boy, look, at it's, it's, if, it depends on them on your manager i mean your manager could be first time in take for instance the cork manager is only in so to be fair to him we have to give him a, a, bit, a bit of time here but if you have managers who are there two and three years they, they haven't a whole pile to learn about their players so they should be tweaking so they should have no problem having their best team in their best positions uh coming into the last two or two league games there's no reason why they can't james horn at the minute has a lot of youngsters it's probably a bit of debate going on in his head well who which of these guys are good enough to step in i suppose they're good, Paul, they're, they're all it's different for each manager but as I said, dear, there's no there's no reason why a manager of the team for two or three years isn't a hundred percent sure of his team coming into the last two league games. I don't see why that would happen.
0: Jack, uh, Jack O'Connor, I was reading Jack O'Connor's book there. Um things like he, I, I I'm not obsessed or anything, but I was reading I was reading his book and he was talking about putting a bomb under a team sometimes and basically just you know dropping somebody for even if they didn't necessarily need it,
2: just to kind of make sure everyone was awake, would you ever do that? It's interesting that you should mention putting a bomb under Jack O'Connor. Uh, <laughs> or the Jack O'Connor put the bomb under his team because you put a bomb under him last year, uh, that's why he's in, he's carrying. <laughs> it's an absolutely it outrageous thing to say. <laughs> um, what putting a bomb under a team? So, like sometimes, it, if things are going well, Paul. I mean the the tendency is for a lot of managers is to, you know, is to try and keep, see how long you can get out of that, you know, see if there's, you know, is there a real need to upset the apple cart? Um, but I do think that um, every now and again, like I thought, I used to think that Jim Gavin used to do that with uh, personnel changes, you know, something, you know, you look at, at Dublin, you know, you think this is a steady team and it'll always be one, little change that you maybe you didn't see coming down the lane so i think they used to keep a lot of those Dublin gays um on their toes i think if he's trying to start manufacturing things you know yeah, yeah. uh such and such said this about us or you know that sort of thing so uh, i think if you start manufacturing things i think players will find out very very quickly especially the modern day player um but i suppose the the best bomb anybody can get under them is you know a, a, a haphazard performance or something like that and i think you know if you're jack o'connor you know in particular you, you've had that i mean kildare for 35 minutes was a shambles so you know when people talk about you know how good carry are and how good they can be and that they're <clears throat> that they're out in front as far as the race for sam mcguire's concerned, that's 100 percent right but there's also another side to this carry team there's another side. We've seen it last year. We, in fact, we've seen it for the last uh, two or three years in particular, and we've seen it. You know, we have real solid evidence of that happening. You know, early on in this league. So, um, I think if you're trying to manufacture a bomb, um, that's not that's not the uh, the right way to go about it. But I think there'll always be things that you're not happy with. There's always something within that squad that. You can pick out and say listen lads we're setting standards for ourselves and this this doesn't does this doesn't meet those standards but um as i say if you're trying to manufacture things or you're posting what kevin walsh says on the up on the up on the dressing room i mean you're going nowhere fast there's another really big
0: weekend for football people or a really big match for football people next weekend in division four and it's Sligo against kevin now Sligo, Cavan have been solid but not spectacular in the league so far but tipping along and Sligo looked like they were tipping along and then went to Tipperary and lost by four points it's it seems that they, whoever wins that game next weekend or whoever loses that game more to the point is in a lot of bother O'Sheen how do you see it going?
2: I think Sligo um, created an extraordinary number of chances um, and, couldn't, and couldn't win that game. I think we only seen a snapshot of them. I know that was the game that they featured from Division 4. We only seen a snapshot. Uh, Kevin might be able to give me numbers, but I think he kicked a huge amount of wides. Um, but they are creating chances. They are they are very much an improved team. I thought at the start of the league that they would be promoted. I think that's a big bump on the road from yesterday. And uh, I looked at the cabin lineup. I looked at the players they took off the bench. The Cavan look still look really, really solid and look way too good for that division. So I can't see anything other than then uh, Cavan winning that game quite convincingly.
0: Can I ask you before we move on? Last week we talked about your Dundalk Institute of Technology team that didn't play in the final um, of the Trench Cup, and it sent a letter or sent an email into the authority that runs it in Crow Park. Have you have you heard? Of, did you get a
2: reply yet? Yeah, we got a a, a disciplinary notice. So. We're up in front of uh, whatever the C's, many C's is in that. Um, Seven or eight C's, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, we are up in front of that now in the next week or so. So um, we were asked if we wanted to make representation. So we will. We'll go and have a chat.
0: Will you go yourself?
2: Uh, hopefully, yeah.
0: And have you ever been in a disciplinary scenario
2: before? Um. At once, maybe when I was playing. What happened? I had a re- I got a red card against only but I got it rescinded because it was totally one hundred percent innocent.
0: <laughs> 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 you could at least keep a you could at least keep a straight face. Um, if in the break weekend, would you play a challenge match in the break weekend, Kevin? If your if your team wasn't out.
1: Um. I don't think I would on the basis, I, I, there might be need for it if I felt there was other players weren't getting game, game time or whatever. But I, I'd be honest with the coaching part of something for me, like it's great, great going around the country and all these challenge matches and people feel good about themselves. But I mentioned the challenge me environmentally on. The challenge needs to, need to be with the players as well. So, you know, take them out of the comfort zone and put them into the ugly zone, you call it what you like. You know, you, the, the, coaching, the coaching is massive. Like we don't get these guys too often. So, even to, to to like we spoke early on, about what do you do with the kickouts? Do you press them? Do you not press them? Is the wind against you? Is it for you? Are you down to 14 men? Are you losing the game? Are you winning the game? All the what-if scenarios, you really need to be pushing those out. So to answer your question, I'd far, in a way, rather to be getting those coaching hours into into players to uh, give them the confidence that they know where they're at. And secondly, you'll find out things as well when you do that. So uh, to answer your question, I probably would, wouldn't. would Okay. Okay.
2: Did you like challenge matches? Um, not particularly. The the more you're, I suppose, like it's easy when you're, when you're trying to break onto this, break onto the scene, I suppose, the more matches you get, the better, the more opportunities you get to shine, the better. And then they just become a trudge, uh, I think, for, you know, established, established players, unless you're coming back from injury or something. And you need a game under your belt. But, um, no, I didn't particularly like challenge matches. And one of the reasons for that was that Arma used to used to take us to navan um every April um before we played in the champion the Ulster Championship because it was it was a tightness up for the Ulster Championship. And what it used to do was we used to go up there, we used to get absolutely hammered and we used to get battered as well. Um it used to be all out warfare. I remember the first time I played uh, Kevin Riley, you oh, think? Yeah, Kevin, Mark. No, Mark. Mark, Mark Riley. Mark Riley, cornerback. Raley. Yeah, yeah. He's a good footballer. Uh, he he was marking me. I was in my first year, probably eighteen years of age, um, and Garrity and Jerry Reed started around at the top end of the pitch, and as you do, you sort of start to amble towards it, and and Mark Riley just tapped me in the shoulder. He said, "I wouldn't bother." Uh, <laughs> And me and him, me and him stood down in the bottom corner of the pitch while everybody else got got stuck in. And I come away in the car that day, and I said to myself, "Well, thank God we'll not have to go up there next next year." Because as I say, we were getting we were getting a good, we were getting a good wallop in in both facets of the game. But every every year, Paul, for the next five years, we were in Meath, in Navan, in April, and uh, it was. <laughs> I, it was a lesson it gave us an idea of where we needed to be but it was demoralizing as much as anything else but i think you know when you when you talk about uh, teams playing challenge matches most teams will play challenge matches just to give the gays who you know as kevin touched on the gays who who aren't getting football so the then the next 15 or the boys who are coming back from injury or stuff like that but most teams will probably play a challenge match this weekend of some sort and, and probably you won't see a lot of the gays who have already featured in the league yeah, so
0: essentially, apart from the five games next weekend, Westmead, Longford, um, very very hot local derby, vital for both promotion and relegation. There for Anoileach, same scenario in terms of who's going up and 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 who's going down. Galway and Offaly, Wexford and Tip, and Sligo and Cavan. So it's it's um, no Division One matches next weekend. But when it comes back the following weekend, it's Dublin, it's Dublin-Tyrone in Oma, which is a really, really mouth-watering prospect. The last two All-Ireland champions coming against each other, both in relegation bother, and it is something to savour. Um, we'll finish there, but I wasn't sure if I was going to say anything about this, but I, I think we can't pretend that there's not a war happening um, at at the moment. And you can say this is a sports podcast and we shouldn't say anything about about that war, but I don't think that's right and I don't think it's right for two reasons. I think it's right. I think it's not right, first of all, because of the people that are involved. There are people from Ukraine and Poland uh, and all across Eastern Europe who live in this country now are involved in GA clubs Um and people from Latvia, Lithuania, all across those neighboring countries, not just in Ukraine, who are in here and I think it's solidarity with them. But it matters, second of all, to say something, I think because of the matter in which sport is used or has been used by Putin over recent years, from staging the Winter Olympics in Sochi, from staging the, the World Cup, and how the people who run international sport have managed to sell their souls to somebody who has been appalling, not just in the last uh, week, but has been appalling for, for, for more than a decade. And success in the Olympic Games for Vladimir Putin was, a na- was an exercise fundamentally in nationalism and there's a direct line between that and how he conducts himself in sport uh, and and in the world in general and it goes into our own houses as well it's not just something that's happening on the far side of the world like the champions league is sponsored by Gazprom who are a Russian um a Russian company extremely tight to 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 Putin Aeroflot have been a sponsor of Manchester United over the last number of years. Again, entirely wrong. And in all of this, there was something really striking happened in the last couple of days, and the lead was taken by players. You saw the players of Poland, uh, led by um, Lewandowski, the brilliant Bayern Munich centre forward, and Sweden, and now the Czech Republic, declining to play against Russia. And you see fencing teams declining to play against Russia and again skiers declining to play against Russia. And it comes down to it. FIFA were offered an opportunity to redeem themselves at the weekend and to say that they would throw Russia out of the World Cup. And once again, Gianni Infantino and the person who calls Putin his friend failed the test. And I think it's important to say that and to stand in, in solidarity, albeit it is just words that we can offer. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast, to Raf Rocca, to Jack Neville, to Tony Lean, to everyone at Examiner Sport. A huge thanks to Usheen and especially to Kevin Walsh. We'll be back soon. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.